Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. In Romans 14, verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. These words were spoken by the Apostle Paul in the context of a conversation to solve a problem within the community of the Christian church. One set of Christians felt it was perfectly legitimate to buy meat in the marketplace for their families. Another believed that because all meats were first offered to what they regarded as idols before they were slaughtered, they should not be eaten at all. That that by eating meats offered to idols, they would give tacit support and legitimacy to idolatry. Because of the different points of view on that matter, the church divided into rival camps and hostile communities. One set of people condemning, treating with contempt, and looking down on the other set. Paul neutralizes the argument, both by accepting that each point of view was legitimate, and finally said that there was no such thing as unclean meats or holy and unholy days. One day is like another and one animal like another. It is up to the individual and what you believe and feel. Then he, go, he gave this overarching comment to lift the conversation. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Matters of interpersonal relationships are very important if we are seeking to make a difference. People do very well at their workplace, in the academy, but fail miserably at home or in their neighborhoods because we have some, we have some learned or endemic approaches that make us fail at relationships. Both those we think are good people and those we know are not so good people fail in the area of relationships. Paul has discussed brilliantly the salvation available in Christ. These are the matters arising. Can we make a difference in the vexed area of interpersonal relationship 
or are we no different from anyone else when it comes to how we treat people? The problem of interpersonal relationships cannot be solved by wealth or technology or education. It requires change of approaches, of values, and of attitudes. False comments sets a framework. It is about the kingdom of God. It is not a matter of meat and drink or bread and wine. It is instead about righteousness, peace, and joy. It is not reductionism. It has a wider horizons and rejects insularity and parochialism. It lifts our conversation out of the realm of the self-indulgent and matters of creature comforts. It imagines a space where the considerations are more weighty and more meaningful and have a longer time horizons. They are most lasting. We must not allow ourselves to become bogged down with issues that are expedient and immediate and indulgent to the neglect of the broader and deeper and more lasting considerations. The statement from Paul is setting our position in proper perspectives. It is calling us to understand that our faith is not a belly full or a discussion about diet and nutrition, nor is it a political dissertation or instructions about our investment portfolios. It has to do with the worldview. It has to do with how we treat each other and how we live in the community. And it has profoundly to do with ultimate meaning and virtues. So let us explore Paul's statement that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit to see what it says to us today. Our faith is not territorial or limited by time and space. It is not a realm or a region. It is a rule and it is a reign. This section of the book of Romans, beginning in chapter 12, is concerned with matters arising of our faith. It is as if Paul is saying, you hear that I have said that you are justi justified by faith and you have peace with God and that you are more than conquerors through him who loves us so and that nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. But what does that mean? in practical everyday life when you have presented your bodies as living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable? What does it mean when you have to deal with people who think differently from you, who want to pass judgment on you, who are difficult to deal with? What does it mean how, to, how do you navigate the tricky business of relationships? As you know, you can complete your academics, do well on your job, and have a few shillings saved up, but you and your brother and sister just cannot get along. 
they are your Mordecai when you come home. So Paul wants to offer us some key reminders. They are actual and they are aspirational. The first thing is to remember that we belong to the kingdom of God. And what we do must show ourselves to be citizens of the kingdom of God. It is not a matter. It is an area of serious disappointment that people are just not able to rely on us to show the way and to lead the way where relationships are concerned. And so he begins by asserting for us that the kingdom of God is not a territory, not a realm, but a reign and a rule. It is a dominion. It is, it is not domi a dominion, it is dynamic. The kingdom of God breaks into human community by a set of attitudes, of values, and a way of life, and how people treat each other, and how people look at life, and think about life, and how people conduct themselves is what the new way of life of the kingdom is about. This passage that we are reading is about the weak and the strong and their attitudes to eating meat. Paul is asserting that you have a duty to each other, so you can't ignore how each other thinks about things and how your action will cause each other to think. He makes the point that it is not about the meat and the drink per se, it is about the progress of the kingdom of God in the world. And one of the key features of the kingdom of God, of kingdom people, is their refusal to dominate people, to look down on people. People maybe may think different about things from you do. And in so doing, they may be quite backward. You can't merely patronize them and you must not allow them to manipulate you. They are supremely confident about what they think. They know and may wish to dominate you with it. You have to do a balancing act. So he frames it as weak and strong. And I note the following about what he says about the strong. They, they are those with increased options. They have more and more things. They are not limited to vegetables alone. They can eat meat as well and have a big food because they have options in how they think about things. Another thing about the strong is that they control the narrative. They can treat people with contempt. They can call things names. They have the power to make things stick. The weak are those who are merely reacting to the dominant narrative, who are gullible to guilt and shame, and feel a pressure always to seek to measure up to what others think, because they do not think that they are good enough in themselves. We have a duty to relate to them as people as fellow human beings.
and therefore to treat them with respect, to approach them as brothers and sisters, and therefore to relate to them with love and affection. They are image of God. They are objects of the love of Christ, and therefore their dignity must be protected at all costs. They are to be treated with honor and high regard. Second, as citizens of the kingdom of God, we must conduct ourselves with our mast set towards righteousness and peace. We have what is called a virtue ethic. We do not do things simply because it is our duty or we are following some rule book or because it is pragmatic necessity or because it is what everybody else is doing or because it makes us happy to do so. We act out of gratitude to God. We act out of a desire to please God and therefore to treat people with love and affection, with respect and regard and honor is part of what we are. It is a virtue that we have cultivated. This is our way of life. This is the only way. I listened to the, the, the director of public prosecution, Mrs. Baller Llewellyn, lamenting the sexualization of our children. And I paid attention to a 12 and, to 12 and 14 year old boy and girl and boy uh, in America who stole guns and shot at the police to kill them. And as I thought about it, I was making a case that we have to give up some of our freedoms and constrain ourselves in order to cultivate restraint and self-control among our children. And somebody was saying to me that we are libertines. We should have all our freedoms to do what we want. And I was saying to them that we should be free to drive as fast as we want if we are going to be the ones to clear up the wreck we make on the highway when we have an accident and take ourselves to the hospital. But as it is, it is the fire brigade that will have to be called. And so we should be free to drive as fast as we want. If we can guarantee that when we have an accident, we are the only ones injured. No one else is. But as it is, there are unintended consequences of our freedom, unintended casualties, and unintended fatalities. So we cannot drive as fast as we wish. Kingdom people are in control of themselves and operate under rules for the sake of others and for God's sake. Thirdly, we are in pursuit of higher levels of meaning. We live a life of joy in the Holy Spirit. Here claims are being made about the life available to kingdom people. It is a life with an inner dimension, a quality of peace and contentment, a tranquility of soul, a melody in the spirit that is, not, no, that is normally a part of our experience. It is a life that is accompanied. It is a life that is assisted, enabled, ennobled 
by the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. It is an indwelt life, fulfilled and assured by the Spirit of God. You are never alone, never at your wit's end, never left to stew in your juice. There is always a purpose. And if you are patient enough, you will be strengthened and made a better human being and discover new prospects, new horizons, new frontiers. There is greater ahead and better ahead, higher and higher, deeper and deeper, sweeter and sweeter ahead of you. The kingdom of God brings added dimensions, new vistas, new frontiers, and new prospects. May God help us to take the kingdom perspective, to build virtues, to find meaning, and may we take our brothers and sisters along and make better human beings out of each other. May God bless you. Amen.